All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to the second half of the Tribe and Praise with Stu Hype Radio Broadcast. Y'all know the deal. It is the first Tuesday of the month, so we got Dr. Crew. He's in the house, y'all, and we're excited about making a difference through mentorship. That is the segment with Dr. Crew. Hey, man. Dr. Crew, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Stu. How you doing, my brother? Man, you know I'm just kicking it because God is good just like that. Amen. Hey, before we get into it, Dr. Cruel, I want to go ahead and let everybody know, please, if you would, everybody, go to www.gregorycruel.com. Once again, it's www.gregorycruel.com. Gregory, you know the deal. G-R-E-G-O-R-Y, Cruel, C-R-U-E-L-L.com. Also, too, you can email Dr. Cruel. Info at Dr. Crew, excuse me, info at GregoryCrew.com. Email is info at GregoryCrew.com. Of course, you can go to Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Greg Crew. All right. Making a difference one life at a time. And I want to go ahead and encourage each and every one of you. You want to go ahead and get what God has placed on the man of God's heart with books. Yes, indeed. He has books on his website, Overcoming Negative Thoughts. Think Like God Thinks. That's the latest book that the Lord would have him to breathe on each and every last one of us. Before that, y'all, The Father's Kiss. Mm, what a good title that is right there. You can imagine what that's all about. The Father's Kiss was a book that the Holy Spirit breathed on him. And then at the very beginning, it was The Leader's Character. Please, if you would, go ahead and go to www.gregorycrew.com for all three of those books. I'm telling you, it's going to bless you. Amen. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and get orientated to what God has laid on the man of God's heart tonight. It's part two, and you know I don't like to steal the thunder of saying what it's all about. We give it to the host. He is Dr. Gregory Crew. Well, bless you, Stu. Thank you, man. It's always a joy to be with you, man. You are such a blessing to the body of Christ. And to those of you that have tuned in this evening, thank you so much for joining us for this segment of Making a Difference Through Mentorship where our aim and goal is to make a difference one life at a time. And I'm excited and delighted to have back with us tonight, Stu, uh, my brothers, my friends, all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada, the doctor, Pastor Robert Poole, pastor of Destiny Christian Center. Pastor Poole, God bless you, my brother. Welcome back. Bless you, Fred. Thank you, Ben. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having us, and uh, we are excited. The buzz is going. I'm looking forward to what God is going to impart on us tonight. Praise oh, God. bless you, my friend. And, and also, all the way from Oahu, Hawaii, if you've never had real pineapple, you got to go yeah. visit the Dr. Pastor James <laughs> Williams at Life More Abundantly Island Church in Oahu, Hawaii. Somebody got to suffer for Jesus. So it's Pastor James Williams and the uh, membership of Life More Abundantly. Pastor Williams, thank you so much, sir. Glad to have you back with us this evening. Thank you, sir. I'm so honored and humbled to be here again. We're ready to go. Oh, praise the Lord. And, and again, for those of you that are listening, the aim and goal of these segments is to discuss principles and precepts. A principle uh, we define as a universal law that's true in any context, situation, environment, or organization. Just like the law of gravity, what goes up must come down. And it's just wow. as true here in Central Texas as it is in Hawaii or Las Vegas. 
And when we talk about precepts, a precept is a rule, a guide, a life lesson or words that we can live and lead by. And both Pastor Williams and Pastor Poole have been mentors, models, motivators for many, many years. And I'm so grateful that they uh, are here with us tonight. And again, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Let's get into it tonight, my brothers. As we begin this evening, I want to just uh, remind our audience to some extent some of the things that we discussed in part one, because this is part two of the leader's responsibility of accountability. This is part two, the leader's responsibility of accountability. And the way that we define responsibility, we borrowed the, uh, the definition from the Department of Defense Dictionary of Military Terms and Associated Terms, where it's defined as responsibility is the obligation to carry forward an assigned task to a successful conclusion. With responsibility comes authority to direct and take the necessary action to ensure success. That's a powerful definition of responsibility. Concerning accountability, this one definition that I discovered, it says accountability is the readiness to have one's actions, judgments, and failures to act, to be questioned by others when errors in behavior or judgment have been detected. Accountability is a critical component of professional uh, leadership, which is closely related to the principles of morality and ethics. And so again, last month, you may recall, we discussed these principles, some principles of responsibility and accountability in the relationship that we saw with Jethro and Moses in Exodus chapter 18, verses 17 through 19 in the voice translation beginning at the 17th verse, Jethro says to Moses, what you are doing is not good for you. Verse 18, the responsibility. And remember, we define responsibility as the obligation to carry forward an assigned task to successful conclusions. So <clears throat> Moses, the, the verse 18, the responsibility is just too much. You're going to wear yourself out. Not only that, you're going to wear out the people also. You mm -hmm. can't do it all by yourself. So Jethro says in the 19th verse to Moses, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. So listen up, listen up, and God will be with you. We discussed mm -hmm. last month, uh, again, to an extent, how this relationship between Jethro and Moses, it developed over a 40-year period. It took an investment, Jethro invested uh, or made an investment in Joseph's, in uh, Moses' uh, leadership in his life. Because again, when you make an investment, you make an investment in what you believe in. So Jethro believed in Moses. How do we know that? Because <laughs> Jethro allowed him to marry one of his daughters. So you know, that's that, right. <laughs> so you know that he believed in him. That's and right. so through this 40-year period, there was relationships of trust and environments of grace that were included in that. Also in our discussion last month, uh, still talking about uh, responsibility and accountability with Jethro and Moses, we talked about the priority of spiritual maturity that further includes honesty, transparency, vulnerability, and humility for authentic accountability. If you say that fast three times, I promise you, you'll be speaking in other tongues. 
So right. these are these are where this is where we kind of left off at last month. And we want to pick back up this evening in First Samuel verses uh, in the 18th chapter, verses one through three, in the New International Version with Jonathan and David. After the Bible says, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. Verse three. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as he loved himself. And although we discuss this portion, this relationship, this covenant relationship with Jonathan and David last month, this is where we want to pick back up at because, again, there is so much, there's so much truth that transforms when we dig out the wealth of the revelation and insight that's in this relationship between two men of faith. And so, mm. Pastor Poole, we're going to start with you tonight, sir. Why right. don't we, as leaders, have what Jonathan and David had in accountability to one another? Mm. Wow. It's as weighty tonight as it was <laughs> last oh, time. Um, I say this, sir, and again, I believe in... Um, looking at the relationship of Jonathan and David, that covenant relationship, one of the things that, that the scripture says is that, that there, it talks about them having, and I'm paraphrasing, that kindred spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think what we, what we as leaders need to do instead of trying to accumulate a fan base, I need a man I'm, as, a, as a man, I need a man, I need a, a woman or a leader that's going to connect with me spiritually. I need someone yeah. because now once, once, once the robes are off and the collar has been removed and, and, and the notes have been put away, you know, that's not the time for me to go sin. I need to connect with someone that has permission to deal with Dr. Poole, Pastor Rob, Sheila's husband, Joshua's dad, you know, someone that can talk to me on every level. Now, I believe one of the issues as to why this is lacking is because we don't want to come clean. I am concerned that if I let you, Dr. Williams, or yourself in that close, you're going to start questioning me about things that I have locked in that closet. Yeah. And for, for whatever reason, the deception Good. of the enemy, we'll think that God doesn't know what's in that closet. But <laughs> uh, so mm. I come out as long as I got the show right. But the thing with Jonathan and David that I loved was these two men. Now, some even take it to a vulgar area because they were so transparent. These right. two men literally were open before each other, not not in a natural physical sense obviously but they it was like like you said i believe uh, dr cruel on on the last uh time we were together david told jonathan if you see something wrong with me i give you permission yeah yeah not not to correct me but to kill me yeah if yeah. you see me abusing can you imagine me telling Pastor Williams, mm. you know, Pastor, if you happen to catch me on, on social media 
or if you hear a rumor about me and it and it's been proven to be true and and I'm disrespecting the kingdom of God I'm man a- just go ahead and call your people in Vegas and have me taken out we'll understand and and mm-hmm. like the Godfather our bishop's favorite saga the Godfather just said don't yes, take sir. it personally it's business I believe too many of us are not doing kingdom business yeah. so we don't like to be approached in that in that kingdom professional manner so Jonathan and David had this relationship but they were before David gave Jonathan permission to do that he had already opened himself up and said if you see anything let me know let's check one another first then that relationship grows and so I think it's not impossible that's why I believe it's in the Bible the Bible says these things were written for our learning so it's in there these relationships are possible. Yes, yes. They begin not with your vulnerability, but with mine. Yeah. And yeah. so do I trust you enough to tell you about the parts of me I don't really care about? Mom, that's good, Pastor. Mama. And again, even as you were as wow. you were speaking, I thought about what Jonathan gave up. Now Jonathan was next in line. He was going to be the next king. But Jonathan gave all of that up for the sake of the covenant relationship that he established with David. And what blows my mind again, the scripture says he loved him as he loved himself. That's right. So, so Pastor Williams, let's, let's move over to you, sir. Why don't we as leaders have what Jonathan and David had in accountability to one another? Um, I think we've been using the word a lot, our vulnerability. And if I open up to you, um, the Lord was saying something to me this week where I can't see failure in your eyes as success in my eyes. And I said, mm. by that Lord, let me say that again. This is what yeah. the Lord said to me this week. Sometime I, I see failure in your eyes which makes it seem like it's success in my eyes. It makes me think I'm doing better because you're struggling. When, <laughs> yeah. it, when I got to be able to relate to my brother and what you read earlier, Dr. Crew, they established one virgin said they were knitted together. Yeah. Their souls were knitted together. You know, the Bible said we're, we're, we're fitted together. And if we start getting relationship, Dr. Crew, I heard you say this, how do we, what's the relationship? You just relate to me on my ship. Yes, sir. And I think yes, they sir. could relate to each other. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we go into want to be friends first, but even Jesus didn't establish that principle. Mm-hmm. He said, I no, longer, I no longer call you servants. Now I call you friends. It was established through relationship. And I think yeah. what happened is we come and, you know, the first day we friends. And we ain't even established no type of relationship, and oh, we just jumped the friendship. Man, man. And so what happened, you know how did we go give our business card, Doc, I'm going to call you. And yeah, it's hard yeah. to be friend, it's hard to be on your ship as a friend when we don't have no relationship. Well, that's good. Relationship that's a... first friendship. And yeah. so they, they established a relationship first. Yeah. Now I can go to Dr. Poole and let him know when I'm struggling. Because guess what? The relationship is already there. 
Not I know he ain't going to criticize me. I know he's going to come and encourage me, but also give me accountability where I'm at. And so I think what we need to do as pastors, as leaders, Dr. Crew, I'm so grateful for you doing this. We need to get back to establishing relationships. That's right. We just call everybody friends. Let's be honest. And man, we can't throw that word around. Jesus said, am I right, Bob? He said, I no longer call no, you, right. I call you friend. Why did he say that? Because we've established a relationship over a period of time. Now yeah. I can call you friends. Well, that's probably we just get I back to my... just getting, let's start a relationship first. Mm. Let's, let's call, call me when it ain't in trouble or Oh, you had leaders that lead. You know, yes, call yes. me. Let's get a relationship. Dr. Crew, you called me earlier. We had one of the best conversations there was. Mm-hmm. Just talking about life and all yeah. the why. It's relationship. Yeah. So that's what I think, sir. I'll just get back to authentic. Let me say this. Authentic relationships. It'll birth great friendships. Yeah. Yes. yes sir. And you know, gentlemen, what you all have shared thus far, you know, I believe that that this touches the heart of God. Because now I'm thinking of, uh, I think it's the Living Bible translation of John chapter 15, verse 13, where Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I demand that you love one another as Mm -hmm. I have loved you. And then he goes on to talk about, and how you measure it is Mm -hmm. that a man is willing to lay down his life for his friend. And what I discovered in that passage, now we're Mm -hmm. familiar with phileo, brotherly love. But um, it's a little different translation of that word friend there. It's not phileo, it's philos, P-H-I-L-O-S, which means loyalty and affection. So now Jesus is at the Last Supper talking about, I demand Mm. that you love one another like I have loved you. Well, how much did Jesus, he died for us. So now we're talking about, again, pastor, friendship, but Jesus was saying, listen, you 12, be loyal to one another. Be affectionate to one another, because trust me, you're going to need it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. So, as we continue tonight in Luke chapter 22, beginning at the 31st verse, Jesus says to Peter, when you have been converted, strengthen your brethren. And later in Luke 22, beginning at the 54th verse, Peter denied the Lord three times. And Jesus had already told him, man, you go deny me. You go do it. I'm telling you now, you go do it. No, Lord, I'm not going to. But we know that Peter did. And mm-hmm. then the Bible says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. And so Pastor Poole, Pastor Williams, our next question as a leader when I have, here's that F word again, when I have failed. Wow. And that's a word we don't want to, we don't want to toss around in too many leadership circles. But mm-hmm. the question is, because the reality, and I'm not looking cross-eyed at Peter. Listen, I'm not looking cross-eyed at Peter, but Jesus no, already knew that Peter and the, that Peter was going to fail in his own confession. In his relationship with the Lord. Lord, I'll never deny you. But Jesus already knew that he was going to do it. So he told him, and the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. So here's the question, pastors. As a leader, not if, when I have failed, when I have failed and have been converted, repented, come back to the Lord, Mm -hmm. how do I obey Jesus' command 
to strengthen my brethren because you know again there's a stigma that mm -hmm. stays in our psyche man i'm i messed up man and depending wow. upon what you want to confess the bible says confess your faults one to another yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. What kind of failure we talking about here man it takes us back to the relationship and the friendship so the question is pastor Poole, as a leader when i have failed because again, we're still talking about accountability and responsibility. Yes, when sir. I have failed and have been converted, I've gotten it right with God. How mm -hmm. do I obey Jesus' command to strengthen the brethren? Wow. Well, again, I think it starts with, we go right back to David and Jonathan. What was powerful to me with this is when I come back, first, I have to acknowledge I failed right? Not you messed up or it just didn't go the way we thought. I was just having this conversation with a good friend of mine, another pastor in our city, and we were talking about how, it, how difficult it is for a pastor to say, I messed up. I miss God, y'all. My bad. That I, I know I said this, but the Lord has said the other way. Or just come straight out and say, you know what? I said, God said, and I missed the Lord. Now mm. that's the, that's, can I do that? But then that's part of my conversion. Mm. The strengthening of the brethren for me is not to make it seem like I didn't really fail. Yeah. You know, we have all of these, I love it, you know, um, uh, truth, the matter as God sees it. So when I say, well, I didn't really do that. God says, that's not how I saw it. So I've got to be able to be honest with the Lord. But if I can be honest with the Lord, then I can be honest. Watch this, Jonathan, with my David. Yeah. Man, I talk to you. That's good. And I think what was lacking, and, 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 and this is part of the struggle, is because you have Peter. Now, how do I strengthen the brethren? I cannot, I cannot strengthen a brother that I did not have previous relationship with right. who knew me before my fall, mm. meaning you saw who I was, I messed up. Mm -hmm. Now I got it right with the Lord. Now let me come to y'all. Let me let you know, watch this. I messed up, God did not fail. I failed God, I got it right with the Lord. And I'm not saying this in a, in a sense of this, this pseudo humility, that's yeah. really pride coming like saying, cause y'all gonna fall too. No, if you never fail, I failed. And I think part of that is now Peter almost had it because Peter, if you remember in John chapter 20, Peter said, I go fishing. Yeah. And yeah. seven disciples went fishing. Some That's of them good. disciples weren't fishermen. Right. So he understood that part. So, but what I love is Jesus didn't say when you're converted, get back with the brethren. He says, when you're converted, strengthen the brethren, which yeah. means get them back on track yeah. so they can see also. And so again, it begins, it starts with the humility to me. It starts with humility. And secondly, I've got to be honest. Don't, don't wow. try to dress up my mess. You know what yeah. I mean? Just call it what it is. Again, here's the, here's the, here's the, the assumption, Pastor Will, you're my boy, right? Yes, sir. You're my friend. So because we've had relationship, you're my friend. I shouldn't come to you uh, with this, this roundabout parable. 
No, I'm not I'm trying not. to, this is a teaching moment, man. I need to get it right with my brother so that we can be strengthened because you can only imagine the, the mindset of those men. Peter messed up, man. Mm -hmm. If Peter couldn't do this and Peter was our spokesman, right. if Peter failed. And so that's why it's so important as a leader to be yeah. quick to say, I missed it. Listen, I've already gotten it right with the Lord and I've gotten it right with those who I need to get it right with in that sense. But let me encourage you with this. Not only did I miss it, this is how I missed it. And this is what I did, but this is how I got back. Now I'm not saying you're gonna miss it, but I need to let you know, this is the things that drifted my eyesight away from the Lord. I got, I got caught up in the hype. I got caught up in this, that, and the other. And if I could tell that, especially to these young preachers coming up today, right. it's like, brother, don't chase the pulpit. Let mm -hmm. me tell you, but we don't have enough general saying, brother, chase that pulpit. Come here. Let me show you this scar right here. Let mm -hmm. me show you this heart, this heartache. This is because I was doing this, that, and the other. Let me strengthen you. I can't prevent you from falling but I can at least prevent you from falling in the same pothole I fell in. Right. So we got to, I think that's the first thing I've got to, I've got to be honest with me in my repentance to the Lord, but then I need to be, because if I'm your friend, don't I owe it to you friend mm -hmm. to let you know, I've been reestablished with the Lord instead of just resurfaced. Yes, Haven't seen you in five years. Now you just resurfaced. And then we supposed to be friends. I said, where you been, man? Oh, well, I'm good. But you didn't, you didn't convert me. You didn't strengthen me. You just uh -huh. came back. And I think that's part of what's missing. Goes back to that. Am I really willing to tell you what I did? And not, not dirty details, but man, I miss God. Yeah. That's almost like a cuss word for a preacher. Oh, I miss the Lord. Man, <laughs> yeah. I miss God. Yeah. You know, and we got to do that. We got to do that. And you know, Pastor, that's you know that's so power, such a powerful perspective because it pulls us back into the responsibility of spiritual maturity. Come on, at sir. At some point, at some point, remember that commercial back in the day, y'all, Toys R Us. I don't want to grow up. Yeah, I don't want to grow up. I'm a no. Toys R Us yeah, yeah. kid, where we refuse for whatever reason based right. on. What we think is right, we refuse. Spiritual maturity is what uh, Jethro was pulling Moses into when he told him the responsibility. It's too much for you. He was helping Moses to grow up in right. responsibility. And also, Pastor Poole, what I heard you basically say in strengthening our brethren, man, that's going to require some vulnerability and transparency. In other words, uh, I ain't got it all together. So, Pastor right. Williams, uh, same question, sir. As as a leader, not if I failed. Yes, sir. When, when I have failed. See, we don't have safe a safe place or space to talk about our failures because we gotta always have it together. We gotta have. You know, the, we got to be dressed to the nines. We got to look good on the outside, mm -hmm. but messed up, toe up on the inside because we're dealing with the emotional disturbance of the failure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I feel like it's Sunday morning, Pastor Williams. Yes, so, sir. Pastor Williams, same question, sir. As a leader, not if I have failed, when I have failed, 
and sir. I've been converted. I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to get it right with God. I've got it right with God. How do I obey Jesus' command to strengthen my brothers? Yes, sir. I, I think one of the things, and again, this speaking to me, Dr. Poole, we got to stop putting failure in a weight class. Mm -hmm. like a weight class. I, you fail, whether you fail in your marriage, your ministry, as a husband, as a father, with your brother, it's still failure. Yeah, I think failure. We look at what's big failure and what's little failure. It's all failure. Jesus yeah. said, I'm praying that your faith fail not. He didn't categorize it. He didn't specifically say how he's going to fail. But yeah. this is the thing about failure. I have learned we can't accept failure as final. Right. Because in this text, Dr. Crew, man, you talked about this months ago. He didn't say if you convert it, it's when. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When represents time. Yeah. So no matter what Satan is trying to do to me, I got to realize that I'm coming through. I believe this is why the Bible says a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. Yes, sir. In, yes, sir. in this text, my brothers, Jesus himself wasn't focusing on the failure. Right. You know wow. how I know that? He hmm. said, when you have been converted. My, my. He says, I prayed for you. So yeah. if Jesus is our example, the first thing I need to do for my brother in strengthening him is what Jesus did for Peter. He said, I have prayed for you. Yeah. Said, how many of us sincerely have prayed for our brother on, when they are failing? Jesus uh -huh. said, I have prayed for you. And yeah. so what I can do, I may can't uh, fly to Vegas right now, but I can pray. I may can't yeah. fly to Texas right Come now. On, what did Jesus say? In your falling, know that I prayed for you. Yeah. See, we got the P-R-A-Y for our brothers instead of P-R-E-Y. See, uh, again, yeah, yeah. I, in my eyes, man, you failing, that means that's success for me. And believe it or mm. not, it's brothers mm. out there that mm. want to see you fail. And my so God, he says, God. I have prayed for you that your faith fail not, but when you have been converted, strengthen your brethren. This is something else I want to say. I've learned this. He says, strengthen your brethren. As soon as he said that, Peter said, I'm ready. We got to know why we're strengthening our brother. I'm getting strength too. See, yeah. Peter got cocky because the Lord said, I prayed for you that your faith fell not. The minute they came out of the Peter said, I'm ready to go with you, Lord. And the Lord <laughs> said, see, you still a miss it. So when after I fail, I, I'm still getting strength too, Pastor Poole. I'm going to say to you, sir. but I can't yes, think sir. I have arrived yet because no. I still need to get strengthened no. while I'm strengthening my brother. Yeah, what yeah, happens yeah. sometimes when we come out, oh, I got it all together. Peter said, I'm ready now. No, you're still not ready because we see later you about to deny the Lord. Right. And so I've learned in strengthening my brethren, I'm gaining strength from strengthening you all. Oh, that's just you're gaining strength from strengthening me. That way I never think I have arrived, even though I've been converted from that failure. What Jesus is saying, you can easily go back to it. Don't think you have arrived. So anytime no, I'm strengthening somebody, I'm not talking to them as if I made it. I'm mm. talking to them if I thank God for Jesus praying for me. Man, I beat this pornography. But yeah. guess what? At the snap of a finger, I could go back to it. So while I'm strengthening you, brother, I need to strengthen myself. Well, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Man, yes, sir. Mm. That's it, sir. That's, that's it. Excellent. That's it. Uh, you know, the word says, uh, and I believe it's in James, it said, we all, we all stumble. Yes, sir. Anyways. Yes, sir. And again, we can add one more thing. Yes, yes. sir. Galatians 6, I believe it is. It says, watch this too. We got to stop trying to strengthen brothers in the flesh. It says, oh, yeah. you who yeah. are spiritual. Yeah. Your brothers yeah. has fallen. Yeah. And then he said, do it in gentleness. Yeah. So 
I just can't come to you like, I love, we come direct, but it's a way to come, man. And so that's right. he, says, he says, convert them with gentleness, yeah, you know, yes, but you who are spiritual. Yeah. Galatians chapter six. So I've learned too, man, I, because I've been through this, because I've been converted, yes, I ain't sir. coming at you as like, I ain't never failed from that. No, no man, no. I struggled years ago with that too. So now yes, I sir. can relate. Again, it's relationship. I can relate this to you on your ship because you're struggling with alcohol when I used to drink. Yeah, I ain't coming yeah. to you as if I never drunk before. I'm, <laughs> I've been converted, but I need to come to you the right way. And yes, I think right. we do that, man. We as leaders will be the better for it. That's My, right. That's right. That's good, Pastor, man. I think you, you had something. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, because we all stumble in many ways. You know, yeah. one of the things I love, and we just shared this a, a, a week ago, uh, the Bible says in Psalm 133, verse one, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together yeah. in unity. And so what I shared with, with our congregation is when you just break down that word, you and I, you and I. Wow you and I, and then what's left over is T-Y, tie. Mm -hmm. And so if I understand that you and I tie, I can't beat you. Right. You and I tie, wow. you, you don't beat me. Unless we cross this line together, we lose. And so unity, that's, that's why if my brother is struggling, I can't promote myself in your struggle. I can't look like Lord Little of you because if you're struggling, we are losing. Yeah. If, so Peter has to strengthen the brethren because the task that Jesus mm. has left behind cannot be done by one man. Peter needed John. John mm. needed James. And yeah. we don't talk much about him, but you better believe Matthew was still needed. And so was Thomas. And so was, you know, Bartholomew. These brothers are needed. And what we want, we don't want to be needed. We want to be mentioned. And that's the problem. Uh -huh. Peter was cocky because Peter missed the whole point. He missed that's the true. encouragement. I prayed for you. What Peter heard was, y'all hear that? <laughs> the Lord praying for me. I, don't want, I want to be praying for you, though. You see, <laughs> I'm, I'm talks to God about that's me. Good, praying for you is because he knows you about to mess up. Right. I'm not praying for you because just because I love you, I'm praying for you because I can see where you're about to go. And so I thought that was so good, uh, Pastor wow. Will. That's the key, man, that we could tell it all. And I like this because my approach to my brother is going to be based on my relationship with my brother. That's good. So, so depending on who the man Oh, this was, was, I'm saying that because of men. I'm not obviously not saying it against women, but for you brothers, because you men of God that I'm talking with right now, we have that place with one another. Then I expect you. I don't want you coming to me trying to find the right words. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Man, we, we have too much history yeah. for you to be tongue-tied when it comes to correcting me. Now, if you didn't know me, if we hadn't hung out in that ship called relation, then you need to ask the Lord how to approach me. You understand what I'm saying? But we'll think about it. You, you, you down low posted. You got Stu hype on your hip. You know he. No offense, Stu, but Will got you posted. You locked in. You can't move. I got the ball, but I won't pass it. Then I finally see you. I throw the ball out of bounds. You don't come and say. That's okay. That's okay, Pooh. I know you just blew the game for us, but we'll get him next time. No, That's man. Good. Come on, Doc. 
didn't you see me? I gave you the syndrome. I was open. And I think what we want, watch this, we want the ball. And we want to be able to say, you should have correct. You saw me, but what we don't want is then when I throw the ball away for you to come at me and say, come on, man, look up, grow. You said it, Dr. Crew. It's, it's simplified in these two words, grow Mama. up. And as leaders, we can no longer be the head of our sandboxes. We've got to come up. The kingdom is bigger than the playground. So we got to grow up. I'm going to leave that alone, sir, because... I'm feeling that little thing come on and this is not our show. Sunday morning. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. This is that three o'clock program on, right now. I'm man, saying, this is good, man. Way back. And My see, goodness, man. What what has intrigued me is, and again for our, our listeners as well, what I'm continuing to learn is not just quote the Bible, but live it. Yes, sir. Is my life a living epistle? capable of being read by men. And so again, particularly for us as leaders uh, with these principles and precepts of responsibility and accountability in Ephesians chapter four, Paul just got through talking about how God has called uh, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, a fivefold ministry gifting. And then I mm -hmm. think it's verse 15 after laying out all of these titles and tags, I, Paul says, speak the truth in love. In love. In love. In love. So now we're back to Jonathan and David again, where Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. So they were capable of speaking truth to one another because they loved each other. When mm. we, I would dare say, when we in the, listen, and no, just our titles and our tags is the office, but it's mm -hmm. not the title or the tag that makes the man or the woman of God. Oh, it's actions, it's the deeds, it's the character. Well, what's the character of God? It's love, joy, peace, long suffering, Galatians chapter five. So yes. if we really want to be able to relate to people on their ship, you gotta be able to walk in the fruit of the spirit, long suffering, yes, gentleness, goodness, and speak the truth in love. I would, I, I've just mm. got to believe nobody would have any real problem if you speak to them truth in love, unconditionally so. And, mm -hmm. and that's what, again, I think to some extent, is because it's risky to speak truth in some people's that, lives. Who in the ding-dong do you think you're talking to? Yeah. But yet you say yeah, yeah. We have, we're friends. You say we're brothers. And that's the language that we use in the church. And by no means am I being critical of that. However, there's got to come a time where we allow the character of God to guide, govern, direct everything that we are, everything that we do. And so even with Peter, because again, when we look at Peter, Peter was obviously, the scripture says, he went out and wept bitterly. Yeah. Yes, sir. He yeah. went out and wept bitterly. Now, in our society, it's okay for women to wear Maybelline, Mary Kay, cover girl. Women wear makeup, but men, yeah. we cover up. Oh, my. We oh, my. Cover up. Y'all know yes, the girl. When we wow. were boys, if you fall down and you scrape your knee, everybody say, get up a man, don't you cry. Because people not. Yeah, right, right. don't cry. Yes, so we right. grow up from adolescence through junior high, high school, on into manhood, internalizing 
emotions and things that troubled us, but who can I talk to about it? I can't talk to my wife about some things because what was that song? Macho, macho, macho. What was that? Yeah, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> oh, oh no, that one, sir. <laughs> uh oh, Stu, I think I'm telling how old I am. But that's that's the mindset. We cover it up wow. instead of being able to cough it up. Man, yeah. some of that stuff you just gotta get off. You gotta get that's out. Good. Yeah. Because again, what I love about Jonathan and David. So let me get back to where we supposed to be. You went out and wept bitterly. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now the next question, gentlemen, there were 11 other disciples. So here's the question. Amongst the leadership staff of the other 11 disciples, we know Peter went out and wept bitterly. Why do you think that none of them were, av were available to embrace Peter in love after his faith failure. Let me say that one more time. Mm -hmm. There were 11 other disciples. Peter went out, wept bitterly, maybe found a quiet place by himself and just wept bitterly. But it appears, now we can never say what the Bible didn't say. Right. But yet understanding human nature, we, he wept bitterly emotionally disturbed and distraught because he had failed mm -hmm. his Lord and his God. Peter loved Jesus. But my question again, mm -hmm. where were the other 11 disciples? Because remember, Jesus had told them, I demand that you love one another as I have loved you. Be loyal to one another. Be affectionate to one another. But there was nobody to embrace Peter in that bitter moment of despair why, why, my brothers, and Pastor Williams, let's start with you, sir. Why, my brothers, why do you think that there was nobody there to embrace Peter with the love that Jesus was talking about? Um, Dr. Crew, I believe it's twofold. Um, one of the questions I was asked, did Peter allow himself to be accountable? You know, mm, Peter okay. is that rock. So I had to look at it that way in my studies. What yeah. if Peter was one of them, you can't tell me nothing. And so when they saw him fail their leader, quote unquote, they said, okay, we, we backing off. Or it's a point where we see throughout with the disciples, they had relationship issues. Whether they yeah. were arguing about who was the greatest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whether yeah. they were arguing about who's going to sit on the right hand and the left hand. We just see throughout, we got scripture to see that they were kind of up and down with each other. We sometimes realize 12 disciples but Jesus put in some work with them boys. Yes, and so, so, so again, it goes back to Dr. Poole, were they really in a relationship to where now our brother has failed? Did they see it as failure? Remember what I said? Oh, Peter and them failed. We know we better than him. Were they excited that he failed? We don't know. We can't say what the Bible didn't say. Right. But I, again, I believe it's back to relationship. Yeah. If, my, if it's 11 disciples, and this man is out there weeping like a baby. You mean to tell me not one could come and, and yeah. strengthen him? Because yeah. Jesus had already told him, strengthen your brethren. But at the time of his need, this is something else I wanted mm. to say. Sometimes we can strengthen others and find ourselves when we need someone to strengthen us. Nobody's there for us. My, my. 
-hmm. Peter mm -hmm. was the one on assignment from Jesus when you've been converted, strengthen your brethren. Yeah. Now at a time when he need to be strengthening, he's by himself. God mm -hmm. said that happens a lot in the body of Christ. We feel we pour out to our leaders. I'm just using us as pastors. But in our time, Pastor Poole, where are those errands and hurts for us? Now I'm struggling. I see that a lot. Now I'm struggling and I feel like I'm by myself. And just like the scripture said, mm -hmm. Dr. Crew, there's no one to strengthen me. Mm -hmm. I've been strengthening everybody, man. But now I'm at a point where I need strengthening and I'm not getting strength from nowhere. So I think I it was know. twofold, but I believe it goes back to relationship. Did Peter open up enough for one of those disciples to be able to come to him? And, and, and strengthen him or encourage him doing his failure? Or was it just that their relationship wasn't there to where, okay, Peter didn't fail, he'll deal with it on his own. Cause it seemed like they did a lot of things solo within yeah. those disciples. Yes, sir. Man, that's yeah, my <laughs> Pastor Poole, same question, sir, because again, uh, you know, the scripture says he went out and wept bitterly. And the question hmm. of course came to mind, why was it, and, and Pastor Williams, that was just powerful, man. Uh, why would you say that there apparently were none of the other 11 disciples? And like wow. Pastor Williams pointed out, we know we knew they had issues with each other. Who's going to sit on the left? Who's going to sit on the right? All of that. But yet, why would you suppose that there was none of them there to embrace Peter in love in his moment of despair? Wow. I, I, well, I, I got to say, I believe Pastor Williams nailed that thing on the head because, first of all, you, we got 11, which really we got 10, because while Peter weeping, Judas hanging, so we already got one gone. You got James and John sitting with wow. their mama saying, don't worry, mama, we're going to butter him up. I think he's going to let me sit on the right. He's going to have me on the left. You know, That's good. Then you got Matthew trying to see if he can go back to, because to, everybody's scattered. And here's, I go back to, to hmm. that unity piece. I love our bishop, man. I mean, we can't, I, I'm just, it's amazing the impartation he made on our lives. But um, he used, remember, he used to always say, it's the revelation of the difference. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. revelation of the difference because it's the revelation that makes the difference. Pastor Will, you nailed it. I believe these 12 men, including Judas now, obviously, these yeah. 12 men were handpicked by Jesus yeah, to yeah. follow him. Yeah. But I don't believe they went out of their way to be in <laughs> unity with one another. So here's the revelation of the difference. There's a revelation of the difference between unity and a union. So they were in union. What did they have in common? That's we good. are his disciples. Yeah, that's good. Did they, did they know Peter's mother-in-law's name? We know Jesus healed her. Right. But did y'all know who she was? Did y'all know, did you know my son's birthday? Did we yeah. have relationship? Oh, so when dude, Peter dude. went missing, this is the first, when he went missing, who even noticed? Yeah. Because if I, you remember, the scripture I, I, says, before, while Peter was denying him, literally, the Bible says there was another man, another disciple, unnamed, that went in a little further. And because he knew he had somebody in the house and he knew them, he's like, hey, he's with me. And they let him in also. So here he is warming himself by their fire. Yeah. And he says, that's when he begins to deny. So this brother got him in, but that was as far as we went. So now when... 
Can you, I mean, because remember, these are wow. just practically speaking. We're not talking about some huge mansion that Jesus has been right. questioned. In. Right, right. So if Jesus, because the Bible says when Jesus, the third time that Peter denied him, the, the, the cock crowed and Jesus looked at Peter in his eyes. So he couldn't have been, you know what I'm saying? He couldn't have been way on the other side. He had close enough to where right. Jesus could say, That's good. told you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What does that mean? That tells me that that other disciple was close enough to hear him deny. Yeah, that's good. So he had an opportunity. As soon as Peter ran out, he mm. could have ran behind him. But if I run behind him, will they think I'm with him also? Because yeah. I'm denying. I'm just not saying nothing. Right. My denial is silent. His denial was verbal. We all denied. Now, the other side of that, Pastor, you, oh my God, the other side, it, Proverbs 18. The, the, the New King James Version says, sure. a man that isolates himself, seeketh his own desire, and rages against all wise counsel. Mm. Peter was the man. Yeah. And the man, here's what I cannot stand, Pastor Williams. And I don't say this to, again, my heart is, whatever I have is yours, man. Watch yeah. this, if you're my friend, right? If you're my friend, and I, I'm serious about that. But what I cannot stand is when I hear these preachers who are struggling and they say, man, I helped everybody else and there's no one there to help me. Brother, how do I know you need help? Wow. If you didn't went ran in the cave on the island by yourself. Yeah. At uh, least uh, Gilligan uh, uh. sent up a smoke screen. Give me something. Yeah. Shout out so I know that you need help. Now, here's what's sad because we don't fellowship as often as we did. I know, I listen, y'all pray for me. I counted on leaders that lead. I counted on the anniversary. I me counted too. on those special occasions because at least I'll see my brothers. Why? Think about, I think I shared this with Pastor Will years ago. Man, ain't nobody buy, buy, about to buy no ticket to come to Hawaii just to see you. They'll come to Hawaii, but they come to see you because our relationship ain't, like that, I'll see you in Texas. Come on, sir. In a church setting, watch this, because right. we don't have unity. That's our union. We're part of the CCI union. Not everyone in CCI has unity. Right. And I don't uh -huh. say it to, to, to be dis, disrespectful. It's the body of Christ. The left arm and the right arm don't even know what's going on with one another, but yeah. we're connected to the same body. So I believe, and the sad truth is, Peter could have been there weeping by himself for much longer than he was because no one was looking for Peter because these men, it took wow. Jesus's uh, betrayal. It took Jesus's crucifixion for them to realize, man, we don't even know each other. Think wow. of the, they got closer after Jesus was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't That's come, good. they didn't unify. By the time we get to Acts, and I got to stop again, man, you keep doing this. By the time we get to the book of Acts, chapter 2, the Bible says on, in Acts, they were in one place, in one accord. One accord. Yeah. On this night, yeah. they had a private meeting, a private dinner with Jesus. And they ain't, listen, think about it. Jesus said, this very night, one of y'all going to betray me. We only have enough relationship with Jesus. Say, which one of us? Hey, John, ask him who it's going to be. You ask him. No, you ask him. Wow. Why? Because I don't want to sound like I don't know. Everybody trying to be tough. That's yeah, good. yeah. You understand? And so again, man, I don't know it all. That's the 
this has got to be um, the, um, the most profound message a preacher can preach. Um, I don't know. know. Paul said, for we know not, man, and I love it. That's why I live on it. I don't know. Pastor, what are we going to do? I don't know. We're going to trust God. Yeah, you can make some more word. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I need yes, a preacher sir. that know. Well, this is what this preacher know. I didn't know nothing except Jesus and him crucified, and that's got me this far. Yes, and sir. so what I need you to do, though, is, brother, when you feel like crying, don't run from me run to hmm. me goes back you got to ask yourself was there anybody in a numbered among those brothers that peter felt safe enough to run to and weep with wow yeah or did he feel like man these boys gonna crucify me well pastor i tell you all Stu, this again my, my, my. you know that that clock on the wall is not our friend I'm it's telling not you, man that's that why heaven clock, is forever that clock <laughs> is not our friend but this oh, has been Jesus. so rich yeah. and yeah. and again mm. it's it's we go pick up one more time because <laughs> we because the feedback that we have gotten Stu, has just yeah. been incredible right. about these discussions because what we've seen again is is the reality that we as leaders have and we're responsible unto whom much is given much is required we have to be yeah. accountable well who am i going who do i trust enough to tell greg cruel the truth about him and the blind spots that are in my in my life and we all have them We've had we all have mirrors them. on our cars and our trucks right. for years, but we've learned even with your blind spot mirrors, there's still a blind spot. So my brothers, uh -huh. we, we, we got to pick this up and I would that we could touch this question here because we were, we were going right into this yeah. question. How do we keep ourselves from isolation and separation or guard our hearts from the issues of, of life and ministry? Oh, I wish we had the time, but we don't. So, Stu, listen, Pastor Pastor Williams, Pastor Poole, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us on uh, tonight's segment of Making a Difference Through Mentorship. And I wanted to um, share with you Pastor Poole's and Pastor Williams' contact information. Uh, Pastor Poole's website is www dot d c c l v dot o r g that's www dot d c c l v dot o r g and the number at the church is 702-383-0777 702-383-0777 and pastor williams contact information their website is www.lmaic.com. That's www.lmaic.com. The number at the church is 808-621-2422. That's 808-621-2422. Well, Stu, my brother, we gotta, we're gonna pick this up one more time because we're gonna start off, we're gonna pick up my brothers yeah. with that question 
because uh -huh. as you all were discussing, how do we keep ourselves from isolation and separation, guarding our hearts as leaders from mm -hmm. the issues of life and ministry? Stu, bless you, Pastor Poole. Thank you so much, my thank you, friend Williams. Thank you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We're back in your hands, my brother. Amen. No doubt about it. Hey, thank you so much, our listeners. And even so, our people here on Facebook for tuning in for another edition of Making a Difference Through Mentorship with your host, Dr. Gregory Crew. Amen. Again, like he said, we're going to pick it up next week. I, I'm going to pick up his book right now. You can pick it up as well. Make sure, as we said before, go to www.gregorycrew.com. All right, everybody, so join us next month, next month on the first Tuesday for, again, another edition of Making a Difference Through Mentorship with your host, Dr. Gregory Crew. I am your MC, the ride along, the fly on the wall, Stu Hype. God bless you. Take care. We'll see you soon.